feels like forever ago that I first worked with this absolute superstar in the sports broadcasting space. We worked together on a story, and then we worked together on College Game Day, and it, I am just so thrilled with all the success that I have seen her have that she has had in the years since. We are joined now by Kristen Lapis. She is the director of Dream On, which is this incredible documentary that dropped last night about the 1999 gold medal winning United States women's basketball team. And guys, listen, this was not a pretty story. Like there was conflict. There was tension. There was all of this like grit to this story. And I'm so thrilled that Kristen Lapis is joining us this morning. Good morning, Kristen. I know you're flying. You're at the airport. We appreciate you taking some time this morning to join us. Richard Deitch, who writes for The Athletic, does a lot of media work on The Athletic, has called your doc the best doc he's seen in 2022. What has your response been to everyone seeing this piece and loving this piece? Well, first of all, Jen, I have to walk around with you because you're like my hype man. Uh, Thank you for that wonderful introduction. I feel like it was just yesterday we were doing that story for game day in 2016. Um, But yeah, it's been it's been really surreal, honestly. you know, you work on these films for, you know, years sometimes, kind of in a vacuum, in an edit room every single day. And, you know, you have doubts along the way whether it's going to resonate or not. And, you know, if you're if you're doing the story justice and to finally have it out in the world and belong to the people and get, you know, some really nice feedback from critics um, that are usually pretty harsh, like Richard Deitch, it's been it's been very cool. Now, Kristen, uh, Jen came in this morning talking about it. She watched about it. She watched it last night. I hadn't had the opportunity to do that, but she brought up Rebecca Lobo, who was in my high school conference. I played against her brother. I knew them. Very nice people. And Jen told me a little backstory about about the documentary. And was she treated unfairly in this? You know, it's interesting. So I I hope not in the film. Um, So Rebecca was the first person I actually interviewed for the project and she walks in and, you know, her, her husband is a a well-known sports writer for SI. Mark guy. guy. Yeah. Yes. And so the first thing she said to me when she walked in was, you know, I've been kind of lying to people about my experience on this team for 25 years. And I was talking to my husband and he's like, why don't you just be honest about it? And, um, that kind of set the tone for a over three hour interview that she and I had uh, where she was just totally real and authentic and honest about her experience during that year. It was not the best experience for her. She was the young college player um, has been compared a lot to Christian Leitner, kind of a similar situation was thrown in with the pros and was not accepted initially by the players had a really tough relationship with Tara Vanderveer um, who really didn't want her on the team, didn't think that she could kind of help them get to the gold medal. And so I, I hope that, you know, we allowed her to kind of share her story in the film and we were fair to her. Um, and I know she's, you know, we've talked since and she's like, Kristen, you brought me back to that moment and I'm like feeling the angst all over again. But I guess that means that like, you know, the film is is working and doing its part and like, you know, actually showing what we had to go through at that point. Where do you start 
with a project like this, you had so many hours of the unreleased footage. And I mean, we've seen so many documentaries over the last couple of years from, you know, uh, the last dance that had so much unseen footage, even, you know, in, in the music world with, with Peter Jackson's Beatles documentary that came out over Thanksgiving. Sure. Like, can it seem daunting going, oh man, I've got all this footage to watch. Then I've got all these interviews to do. Like, where do you decide to start when you have a project like this? Yeah, so the, the first uh, emotion was excitement when the NBA came to us and said that they had documented this team's journey for almost a year uh, behind the scenes, and they had 500 hours of never-before-seen footage. Like, that's a filmmaker's dream. And they actually told us, they were like, we've only done this, like, we've, we've only documented a team this extensively twice in the history of the NBA. The first time it was the 97-98 Bulls, and then we have this team. And so, you know, you're thrilled, and you're like, wow, there must be such gold in there. But then it becomes very daunting because it's like 500 hours of footage. Um, I'm not going to take all the credit. Like, I had an amazing team. uh, And last summer we had, like, we had six, like, six people, including interns and PAs and associate producers um, from the 30 for 30 group. And like every single night we, we made it a goal that we had to each get through two hours of footage <laughs> in terms of like logging it and making sure that we weren't missing anything. Um, so, you know, it, it was, it was crazy, but like, again, wonderful team and amazing content. And so like, it's almost like the scavenger hunt where like every night you're logging in to, to kind of watch all the footage and you're, you're hopeful that you're going to find one of those hidden gems that's going to make, you know, make the film even better. Kristen Lapis, she's the director of Dream On, the new documentary that ESPN released last night. It is available on ESPN+. Plus. I highly encourage you to go out and watch it. Okay, Chewie is a huge documentary fan, by the way. He always comes in and is like, have you seen this new doc? Have you seen this new doc? So I knew this would be right up his alley, Kristen. You put a post-it note on your computer that said, don't make this film soft. What did you mean by that? Why did you do that? Uh, you know, it's funny. It, it, it all began, honestly, with a, uh, with a conversation with Ezra Edelman, who was the director of O.J. Made in America. Uh, I idolize him. I'm a huge fan of his work. And I actually had one of our, uh, you know, a mutual friend connect us. And I called him and I was looking for, you know, just his, his take and his, you know, guidance because he's done so many 30 for 30s. And um, I kind of explained to him what the story was. And then I, did, you know, explained all the dynamics off the court like I, I you know that people weren't aware of I guess that I had kind of uncovered and um, he was like honestly I don't think that this story is particularly interesting on paper but but what you just told me all of the the kind of the underlying issues behind the scenes in terms of women hiding their identities and having to be ultra feminine and some of the women dealing with like personal issues like domestic violence and you know traumatizing accidents like all of that is really interesting and so like don't shy away from the hard topics that people um, don't usually talk about in women's sports movies. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like when I've watched at least, you know, women's, women's films in the past, it's been like very flowery and girl power and, you know, light music. Jen knows what I'm talking about because like we always struggle with this with features, but like, I really wanted to make this like the gritty, raw, authentic film that I thought it could be. And like, they had just as much conflict and tension as the, the 97, uh, 98 bulls and like I didn't want to shy away from that so I, I after that call with Ezra I put the post-it note on my uh, on my wall and I looked at it every day and it, it truly was like my my north star for this project. Kristen how long did it take from start to finish? So we pitched the idea in February of 
2021, and we delivered the film April of 2022, so just over a year. Wow. How much good stuff did you have to leave out? Because again, 500 hours. Like, always yeah, a dilemma, crazy. isn't it, Kristen? There's always stuff that you like that you kind of get attached to, and then you're like, ah, but it doesn't fit. It doesn't dovetail nicely, and then it gets left on the cutting room floor. I imagine that number was astronomical. It absolutely was. I feel like they could do like the lost tapes um, of this project and have just like a you know an hour of, of raw footage that people I'm sure would watch because it's so fascinating. Um, but yeah, I mean everything that you you know you you end up using and you put in the film is in service of the themes and the sound that you get, and you know you have to be really make some hard decisions. And you know I've learned through my career I was terrible at this, you know five six seven years ago, but I've I've gotten better with like you know, making decisions based on what I think is going to serve and, you know, service the story and the themes of the story. Um, but it is, it's so hard and you fall in love with people and characters and, you know, it, it, with a, with a movie about a team, you're, unfortunately there's going to be people that feel like maybe they didn't get as much time as they deserved or should have. And that's always a tough thing. And Jen knows this as a, as a storyteller, you want to make sure that you're, you know, making everybody satisfied and keeping everybody um, happy. But, but yeah, you have to make the tough decisions. That's the hardest part of the job. Kristen, we've known you've done a number of documentaries. Have you ever got into one where you think it's a good idea, you get into it, and you're like, ah, this isn't going to work? Or you get into one and you totally have to pivot in another direction that you didn't anticipate? Uh Yes to the first question, but not directly. I was um, producing a 30 for 30. I'm not going to say the name of it. Um, we were pretty far down the, you know, down the road of, of making this thing, had interviewed a bunch of people, and it just wasn't coming together the way that we had hoped and thought. And we weren't getting buy-in from some of the, the characters that we absolutely needed that originally had said yes, and then they kind of fell through. And so it's, it's a really, really, really tough decision to pull the plug. Um, and we, we did it for that one. So it's, you know, and again, you invest so much time in these things. It's like, okay, there's three or four months of my life gone. But, um, you know, you make the right call based on what you think the final product's going to be. And if you have, like, you know, an amazing topic or, you know, uh, an awesome subject that you don't feel like you're doing their story justice, I think it's, it's only right to kind of, you know, table that project and kind of come back to it at a different point, maybe when people are more receptive to, to doing the interviews or whatever. Uh, yes to the second question, absolutely, from a personal um, standpoint. And Jen knows this story, but I, um, I directed a film called Blackfeet Boxing, Not Invisible. It was about a, a boxing gym on an Indian reservation that was training young girls in self-defense as a reaction to uh, a young girl from the reservation having gone missing, um, about the missing and murdered Indigenous women epidemic. Um, we went into that story uh, trying to tell like an inspirational tale about this man who opened this gym and how inspiring it was that these girls were, were training in the gym. Uh, one of the girls that we started filming with, she was uh, 14 when we began the, the shooting. Uh, she kind of took a, a turn for the worse and um, started getting going down a bad road and, and kind of falling um, subject to all of the things that you know, all the issues that kind of the, the, the other girl that got that went missing kind of fell to. And so we kind of pivoted the, the story and we started to really follow her journey. And we thought, again, this film is going to be really in, inspiring and inspirational. It, it ended up um, not being kind of like the happiest, um, most positive film, but I think it still had a powerful message. 
I'm sorry if that wasn't explained well. I'm sure Jen could be more eloquent about it. But, yeah, I mean, it happens all the time. Like, you know, that's the whole point of documentary filmmaking. They're not scripted, right? So you have to, yeah. you have to go into the field and, you know, experience what's going on, and, and you have to tell the truth. So if a story pivots, you also have to kind of pivot the film. And, and the great point that you made earlier, Kristen, is that sometimes the subjects of the film don't even know what the truth is, right? You mentioned Rebecca Lobo, who was saying, like, I've kind of been lying when asked about the Dream Team, when asked about the 96 Olympic gold medal team. I've kind of been telling a falsehood, a version of the truth, but not exactly how my experience was. And it's your job as the director to dig in and get them to feel comfortable with you, to also kind of reveal their truths. It is an excellent documentary. It was in three parts last night. You can watch it on ESPN Plus. Dream on the story of the 1996 women's gold medal winning basketball team. Kristen, we are so thankful that you took some time this morning. Congratulations on all the success. Good luck in your next endeavor. I know it's going to be a doozy, and we'll talk to you again soon. (laughs) Thank you guys for having me. Kristen Lapis, director of Dream On, which uh, dropped last night on ESPN. Fantastic documentary. I hopefully I've sold it to you, True. Maybe you're going to pick that up was, the old. That was great. It's it's so and interesting. It, and the layers yeah. of the story, True. Did you know that those women only made $50,000 for the 10-month commitment? That's crazy. I mean, the women were saying, we went overseas making $300,000 to play overseas. Because, again, the WNBA didn't exist at the time. That was the only option for women who wanted to continue their professional basketball career. So then they were like, I'm sorry, you're paying us how much? Or how little, rather? And they thought that the good of the sport, the the, uh, exposure that it would give women's basketball was worth taking that major pay cut. Yeah, the reason I asked that last question is because I was always, you know, always told in the NFL it's because you have ups and downs, and it's like, look, the film it's never as good as you think it is, and it's never as bad. I mean, I remember going into film sessions and like, man, I played like crap, and then you watch the film, and you're like, I actually didn't play that bad. <laughs> You know, we're conversing. You're like, ah, nine catches, one twenty-two. <laughs> wow, I stunk. I couldn't block an artery. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Oh gosh.